Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello, friends. It's Friday. This is History and Comment for the 12th day of May, 2023. In the year 254, we have a new pope, which is not newsworthy. What is, he takes a quick stand against a teaching called Novitarianism. The thought was, if a Christian relapsed and participated in pagan rituals, they could not regain salvation. In the years prior, there had been a great deal of persecution from the pagan emperor. By this time, we were in the fourth generation removed from the apostles. Recall that John was the last to die about the year 100. Folks that actually heard John teach would have died by 175. Church teachings and doctrine were getting more complex and effectively lost in the details. This pattern continues to this day. The story gets involved when we dig into it. Novitarian or Novitarius was in fact at the time an anti-pope or rival pope with somewhat less support than the official one. Novitarian's teachings had critics and supporters among folks often cited as church authorities of the time. Our discussions on the details of salvation have become one of the factors that separate the various denominations we see today. In fact, if salvation requires more than a broad belief in Christ, there is no way to reconcile everyone together. Some denominations have to be in error and some not. That is an uncomfortable fact. The differences are far more serious than should a church have pews or are chairs okay. We cannot agree on the nature of Christ or the theory of how we will see God in heaven. Now on to politics. 1215, things are not happy in England. A large body of land barons give King John an ultimatum. They expect to be heard if they are to assent to his reign. This idea of the consent of the governed seemed to have been stronger in England than anywhere else in Europe. The debate will lead to the Magna Carta, one of the first documents to list rights of the people. But even that will get the church involved. Thomas Kidd was a well-known and regarded playwright in London in the middle of the 16th century. He was 34 in the year 1593. He was arrested by the Privy Council for libel. The Privy Council was a committee of high government officials. There is a debate if he was actually guilty, but most of the libel was in the realm of his religious beliefs, or lack thereof. Religion and politics have long been closely related. The Society of St. Tammany is formed in 1789. In the period, fraternal societies were quite common and often drew on European links. St. Tammany was unique in that Tamanid was a Delaware Indian chief, and the society looked more to Native American lore, at least in its founding. It would not be too many years before it took on a more political flavor, and then in time morphed into the very corrupt and powerful Tammany Hall. It should be noted the way Tammany Hall garnered and held political power and who benefited. Things have not changed, folks. There is one party that's made a long practice of courting immigrants and rewarding them with blessings from the government. They have bought votes for most of their history. It can well be argued that the current border influx is exactly that. Futures in the vote-buying trade. William Wilberforce makes his first major speech calling for the abolition of the slave trade in England in 1789. 
The Donner Party departs Independence, Missouri for California on this day. The trip would normally take four to six months. The worst part of the trip was the last 100 miles over the Sierra Nevada mountains. 500 wagons departed Independence that spring. The Donner Party were near the end. A series of decisions that seemed like good ideas at the time proved fatal. Most significantly, the suggestion to take the new Hastings cutoff that took them south of the Great Salt Lake and across a broad stretch of salt flats. The information they had when they made the turn was it was hundreds of miles shorter and a relatively easy trail. Neither were factual. The trials they faced from turning onto the cutoff and reaching the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains was worse than most travelers faced on the entire trip. The party was badly depleted and fractured when they decided to attempt a crossing beginning on October the 20th. They thought they had maybe 25 days to cross before snowfall. In fact, the first snow was 10 days earlier and well before they reached the summit, forcing the party to winter near there. The world's first working programmable computer is built in 1941. Called the Z3, it consisted of 2,600 relays, used a 22-bit word, and a clock speed of 5 to 10 cycles per second. It was destroyed later that year when Allies bombed Berlin. We often forget how close hostile forces got to the United States in World War II. In 1942, a German submarine is torpedoed in the mouth of the Mississippi River. Ed Sullivan was known for his hand-on approach with talent on his television show. In 1963, Bob Dylan walks out of the show over a dispute about his song choice. The Rolling Stones record their hits, Satisfaction, or I Can't Get No Satisfaction, in 1965. 21 years ago, former President Carter becomes the first president in or out of office to visit Cuba since Calvin Coolidge in 1928. President Carter was always well-meaning, but usually out of touch with a bigger picture. Fidel Castro could have changed the island's fortunes with the stroke of a pen. Yet today, the island is still tightly held in a Soviet-style socialist society hostile to America. At the age of 98, the former president is the oldest former president and has had the longest post-White House career. In February, the Carter Center announced the former president would not seek further medical care, but spend time at home with his family. That's history and comment for the 12th day of May. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.